Righto. Welcome to episode 10. It's going to be 32 to fun. This is the Outside Gate with Steve Hall on the L4 Media Network, where we talk US moto and anywhere the conversation goes. Joining us today is the fastest man in Piedmont, Randy Richardson. Welcome uh, aboard, no, bud. Oh, no worries. Uh, glad to be here, man. Thanks for the invite and thanks for reaching out to me and uh, uh, look forward to being a part of your show and, and chatting about uh, what we both love, which is dirt bikes. So uh, I'm excited. That's it, man. That's it. So me and Randy only just met for the first time like uh, two minutes ago. Um, <laughs> yeah. But the, some of the interaction, I, I um, I share Randy's sense of humor in a lot of ways, I think. And um, I think the first time I, I, I DM'd you um, was about um, at the uh, at the Aussie Nationals. Okay, yeah. There's, there's several tyre manufacturers that do displays. Yeah. And this particular time... Um, the inflatable babendum was keeling over with not enough air. Yeah. And it was a yeah. pretty miserable display. And a rival <laughs> brand has this huge display next door. And yeah, that sort of thing. And I sent you a video reaching out for help to, to <laughs> rescue babendum and to just get, get down here and sort this stuff out. And yeah, then I've, was... I've sort of continued doing that sort of thing. <laughs> but it's, yeah, yeah. like, no, no disrespect to Mitchell in Australia if they're listening, but that you know, it's it's um, sometimes you you've got to just take the criticism and yeah, and, and yeah. work with it. They need to up their game, you know. Yeah, you know, and 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 luckily I was able to to, to DM you back some of my uh, pointless hot air, which was able to reinflate the Mitchell man and 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 get him situated there at the event. Uh, that's uh, right. You know, that's cool. You shared that with me. You know, for me, it's always interesting to see. Uh, you know, followers or friends or what have you that, that, that share things, uh, I'll say Michelin, Michelin related to me, you know, I've been with the company 33 years and, and very fortunate to, to be associated with such a, a premium brand as Michelin. And, uh, so anytime that someone ties, you know, me into that, I'm, I'm honored and I always find, you know, the humor in it and the, the flattery in it. So it's awesome. I appreciate you sharing that. Heck yeah. Yeah. I reckon, I reckon, uh, if anyone from Michelin Australia does listen, I reckon next year at one thaggy round one, I reckon we need a a, a bibendum like like blimp like the Goodyear blimp. We need a <laughs> we need a bibendum floating around the track. For, you oh know. yeah, heck yeah! I I could yeah. fill it full of hot air and that would happen. So uh, <laughs> that would be awesome. Awesome. Uh, yeah, that's it. That's it, man. Yeah. So what I wanted to talk about. So everyone knows um, everyone knows Randy from um, from Michelin and knows randy from um you know his socials and his interactions with um you know podcasts much bigger than this um particularly you know you're often on on, on pulp and that sort of thing yeah um and um but uh randy was a pretty badass rider in his day himself <laughs> and i'd like to um talk a bit about your journey on yeah. um as a uh, as a rider um mm -hmm. I know that that little bike right behind you there was your first bike because I've seen you mention it a lot of times and yeah yeah uh, that's yeah that was that's a little uh, a little a little mini mini Indian and and ironically that was my that was my 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 second bike the first bike was a uh, a little Yamaha mini enduro um, oh yeah yeah that's in, right in, yeah. Uh, 1971 and and I could <clears throat> I could reach the pegs but there was no way I could reach the ground you know and uh, so my dad at four years old put me on that. Yamaha sent me across the yard and, and I fell in love with what I'm still passionate about today, which is motorcycles. And uh, he uh, after, I don't know, maybe six months, a year or so, he, he learned or he figured out that motorcycle was a bit too big for me. So then we went to this little uh, mini Indian, which is much, much smaller. 
and uh, and I could actually reach the ground. And then uh, my riding, I kept going and going, and I started jumping things in the yard. I started breaking the frame on it, and he'd weld the frame back. And then and then back to a bigger bike I went. And uh, man, I'm still like I said, I'm still passionate about it this day and love it at uh, at the ripe old age of 57. So it's good. No, so that the little Indian there. What size motor is that? Is that a fifty? It's a fifty cc, and it has the little uh, the little Italian uh, Italjet motor, oh, yeah, two stroke, yeah. And uh, but it's it's a little small, like eight inch, uh, little eight inch tires. So really small, smaller than a PW fifty, uh, you know, so that everyone's familiar with the little PW. So it's actually smaller, lower seat height than that, and uh, uh, you know, awesome little awesome little beginner bike, uh, awesome second bike. <laughs> Cool. And the little, um, the little mini Enduro Yamaha, what, what size were they? They were 60 CC. Oh, yeah. And they were, two, they were, yeah, they were two stroke as well, but those were, uh, oil injected. Uh, the little mini Enduro were, uh, JT one is the Yamaha model number, but, uh, yeah, they came out in 1971 and they weren't, uh, they, they didn't sell a lot of those. I don't think, uh, Yamaha, you know, they didn't, it was their first experiment with that from what I've, the research I've done, uh, the first experiment with that type of bike and they took like their, their DT and their other larger bikes and they just scaled everything down and made this little 60 CC bike. Um, and didn't make that many of them and they were red and white the first year. Um, and then they, they were like 300 bucks retail, you know, which sounds like not much nowadays, but, uh, you know, that's a couple grand. So that was money my parents didn't have, you know, we were living in a single wide trailer and my dad liked motorcycles and, uh, had discovered his passion for it wanted to share that with me. So I'm forever indebted to them, you know, making that uh, crazy investment in, in a little bike for me. But uh, yeah, I love, love the thing. So I, I was able to find one and, uh, and have it in my living room as well. And, uh, and, and love, love them. They're, they're a constant reminder of uh, my <clears throat> childlike passion for motorcycles. So. Nice. Do you ever think about, um, do you ever think where would Randy be? What, what would life be like if you never got introduced to motorcycles? <laughs> I, I, I don't think about it that often. And, and, and I'd hate to think that, you know, I, they've probably, uh, they, they, they've certainly caused me some, some injuries and pains through the years, man, they brought me more, more highs than lows. And they've, you know, I don't think I'm, uh, the person that would have gotten in a lot of trouble, you know what I mean? But, uh, but I'm always going to be a mischievous person for sure. And, and, and I'd like to have some, uh, you know, some lighthearted fun, but, um, but yeah, they've taken me so many places that I can't begin to 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 imagine my life without them. You know, it's it's funny, funny. My mom would always say, you know, so my my parents bought me bikes when I was a kid and everything. And then uh, later on, I, I I never broke a bone on a on a motorcycle as a kid. Um, I had a fractured skull from falling off of a, <laughs> a, a a countertop. I jumped off a bed and broke a leg. I, I almost cut a toe off in my dad's machine shop. Like all those things when I was before three years old, but motorcycles were safe. Um, so all the broken bones I've had, like four broken wrists on one, two on the other, each broken ankle and some other, you know, bones here and there. And my mom always, you know, being the little sweet Southern belle, she's like, Oh, Randy, I, I feel so bad. We shouldn't have, you know, we should never have gotten you a motorcycle. I'm like, well, look, mom, for the record, I've never got injured on a motorcycle that you and dad bought me. You know, it's all, it's all on me as an adult to, to keep, pursuing motorcycles and racing and riding and uh yeah couldn't imagine my life without it for sure yeah you wouldn't swap back you know i've, I've got me yeah. share of uh, cro crooked body parts and aches and pains no, 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 no. there's no. not a not a chance i would swap it yeah. for the for the you memories know, and and the, and the fun yeah 
Yeah. And I still am still super blessed that I can still cherish that passion of motorcycles with my dad. So my parents are, they live a couple miles down the road and, and uh, you know, and, and my dad is uh, 79, my mom's 78. And, and just after Thanksgiving, so uh, a week ago tomorrow, we went riding with some friends over in the state of Georgia where we have a couple, he has a couple hundred acres and like a 10 or 10 or 11 mile loop through the woods. And my dad has an old, uh, uh, like 2000, XR 200 and he still gets around great, you know? And uh, so for me to follow him and, and ride him through the woods, ride him, ride with him through the woods, it just brings back the same memories that I had as a kid trying to keep up with my dad. Right. So it's awesome. Yeah. 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 Oh, your dad's a legend, man. Like I, I love it when, um, <laughs> yeah. I love it when you post videos of, of your dad, yeah. like, you know, that's, <laughs> that's, 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 you know, that's, I want to be like that, you know? And hopefully yeah. I, I, yeah, hopefully I, I, my I, arms and legs are all still working good enough and and yeah. my rest of my healthy and you know i try and stay healthy so hopefully it is and yeah but yeah i um you know like I, i've got mates i've got some good mates of mine we're all in our late 40s and mm-hmm. they're, they're already like adventure bike guys and it's like no nah, i'm yeah. i'm riding dirt bikes <laughs> until yeah. i can't when i've actually can't at least yeah. tra- trail riding then I'll get mm-hmm. adventure bike, you know. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, and and the thing is for me, you know, uh, having and and with my career within Michelin, there was about a uh, managing our Supercross and Motocross, like two thousand through two thousand five. I, I would travel extensively, you know, thirty something weekends a year, so I really didn't ride that much. Um, then I went into sales and and took care of in, in the U.S. market. Western Power Sports was my customer. So that was about a 10 year run. Um, and still, that's a, a fair bit of extensive travel. And I would still ride a bit occasionally. But but now I'm in more of a uh, marketing communication role that's uh, that's home. Uh, I'm based home a bit more. I don't travel quite as much. Um, I made that decision because my son was in high school. My parents were aging and I just want to be more focused on on that. So being home more has enabled me to get reconnected with riding. And then, uh, and I've, you know, found the passion of vintage racing, which I love, you know, I, my dad, uh, was, and still is my hero. And, and he was just a badass on, on the old Husqvarna. So that's where my emotional connection to that is, you know, I'm the blue jeans and the open helmet and, uh, and, and trying to, uh, emulate. Oh, Reverend uh, 77. Oh yeah, exactly. Right. The high Reverend 77 and just emulate what, what I, you know, looked on uh, and watching my dad do through the years so nice does uh, does your son ride no he doesn't he doesn't he he um he did so i and i have an adopted son so so it skipped that uh, that genetic connection there he's not a, a a a speed demon like my dad and i or what have you um so yeah so my son creighton his mother and i we got him a bike um when he turned five a little ttr 50 and he liked that and he stuck with it to probably eight or nine and kind of lost interest. You know, I would always tell him if we went riding to that, to that property I mentioned in Georgia or other places, or even in our yard here, um, I would always say, do you have fun? Yeah. I said, okay, well, if you ever want to go again, just let me know. We'll go anytime, you know, and I would casually mention it, but I certainly wasn't going to impose, you know, try to impose my passion on him. I think as a parent, we need to expose our children to as many options as we can in life and, and, and then let them choose their path. And, uh, it's funny. He went to, uh, he went to Clemson University where he'll graduate later this uh, this month. <clears throat> Excuse me. And and he when he got there, he said, you know, Dad, a motorcycle would be really convenient to get around college. And I'm like, yeah, buddy. Uh, but but 
but you have a lot of prerequisites on Papa's uh, XR 200. Cause I'm, there's no way I would ever let him on the street, you know, with his mm. minimal riding skills. You know, he lost interest at eight or nine and discovered video games. And uh, now he, he'll soon be a computer science major. And, uh, and that's his interest. And I support it completely. Yeah. 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 I, um, my, uh, my daughter. So uh, my son was never too interested, but my daughter, yeah. um, yeah, I, I pushed her too hard at Pee Wee level. I, I okay. <laughs> yeah. I stuffed up. And, yeah, okay. um, and then, um, yeah, when she was about, uh, oh, it's about three years ago now. So when she was about 13, all of a sudden she's just like, Dad, I want to ride motorbikes. So, and wow. she, she, and so she's back into it and just trail riding. She's sort of very, just, she's, she's careful, sort of, you know, she's never going to be. Yeah. She's never going to be uh, um, racing or anything like that. But yeah, oh, that's you know that that sharing with family thing. I, mm -hmm. I just love it. You know, there's where yeah, I go, where I sort of go out and just in. The, we don't have any motocross tracks here, so yeah. I just go out, bush. just go out the bush and just pound laps in <laughs> yeah, in yeah. track in natural terrain mm -hmm. tracks, just to mm -hmm. basically just to keep fit for when I do travel to a track. You know. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. I'll go out, and then there's also there's heaps of tracks out there, and there's little. Yeah um you know little um single trail kids tracks okay so, yeah so she'll ride them and i'll go and and pound laps and and then i'll jump back on and i'll follow her around the kids track and yeah. that's like the best fun you could ever have yeah. just because you know yeah. and like you my can, dad you... never rode so that's the only okay. this is the first sort of family connection thing i've yeah. had with it so yeah, it is it's, it's pretty cool yeah okay did you um and, and what part of uh what part of australia where are you based so I am uh, um, so uh, northern Victoria. So okay. basically, from if you go um, straight north, about three hours from Melbourne. Okay. Um, okay. I'm I'm just shy of the New South Wales border. Okay. Um, okay. So yeah. the, this it's it's very <laughs> sort of um, flat country, gum trees. Okay. Yeah. Um, that sort of thing, and a lot of uh, a huge amount of rivers and lakes and um it's a big yeah. sort of water sports area okay. um yeah. but yeah not a not a big um not a big moto area the moto tracks yeah, yeah there's there's a lot of people ride but yeah but actual mm -hmm. proper proper tracks if you're far between you got to yeah. travel to them so yeah um, i've been to australia once uh so back in 1992 um uh i went to the isde which was in Cessnock. So, yes uh, which is uh near newcastle is that right near yeah, Newcastle? Yeah, yeah 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 it's up in new south wales yeah so that's sort of you know seven eight hours north of me okay yeah. gotcha yeah 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 yeah. we flew into sydney and then and then went up and uh, i have a um <clears throat> so a local dealership that i was sponsored by or supported by then uh the owner's son he and i were really good friends and he was a very uh very skilled off-road rider so he qualified for the isde uh on like a club level team so not not like yeah. the you know, US team or the junior team, just club level team. So he went and I went as his uh, mechanic, let's say, but, you know, ISD, you really can't mechanic. You can't really do much. You can add fluids, but you can have tools set out for tire changes or air yeah. filter changes or whatever at the, at the end of the, uh, the day. Um, but that, man, that was, that was awesome. I loved it. We were there probably, I want to say we were there a couple of weeks, um, but met some, met some cool people there and uh, had a blast. Yeah. Yeah, I always remember from that. I've I've got the magazine somewhere in my collection. Yeah. Uh -huh. What I always remember about that is, um, so I'm I, I write articles and I, I like I I'm a writer. I love to write. Okay. And awesome. My um my writing um 
the, the why that's all because of um super hunky and then in later years tom webb and ron, yeah. Lawson, and ron lawson like uh, yeah how those yeah, guys yeah. like all legends yeah. you know like that that's the only thing i read in high school you know and uh-huh. ron lawson's article about when he visited australia in 92 is one of the yeah. funniest ones he ever wrote <laughs> oh, really? trying, yeah it's all this about when he was t- talking to drunk australians and trying to decipher what they're saying because yeah the, the more aussies drink the faster we talk and yeah, words start yeah. to merge together and all this sort of stuff. It was a very, <laughs> very funny article. Yeah. So uh, we, we, it, in the South, in the South, uh, in the US, in the South, we do the same thing. Uh, you know, we, I say our, our clutch starts slipping, you know, we start running words together. It's a bit more efficient, really. So, uh, but, yeah, uh, yeah, that's right. You know, funny. like I, um, you know, even like if you just get me at a party, I'm talking heaps quicker than this. You know, I've got when I'm doing things like this, I just, I, I've, I mean, I've been, I've done, bits and pieces of public speaking for many years and i learned yeah. to just slow down and just be clearer yeah. but if i yeah. have a few drinks i just slide right into that <laughs> bogan accent and i was just like yeah. I, I, yeah. I do the same when when the 32 to fun kicks in i, I do the same and and uh uh yeah I, I sometimes i i talk faster than people can listen so uh so i I, I'm, I can relate to you buddy for sure yeah 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 i remember that the first american i ever met was this farmer from Montana and somehow, okay. somehow his daughter married an Aussie from around here. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And my dad, well, yeah, here's, here's, here's a connection we have. So my dad was a local tire man. Okay. Yeah. And, um, and I, my first job and, and my job for quite a while was working at the tire store oh, and, yeah. Yeah. and this big, big dude, flannel shirt, yeah. you know, uh-huh. Probably had a John Deere hat, you know, yeah. was like the real <laughs> yeah. stereotype uh, guy from Montana came in, probably with a tractor yeah. tire or something. Uh-huh. And he couldn't understand a word I said, the poor bugger. <laughs> like, <laughs> and I remember then having a slow right down. I'm thinking, we both talk English, but he was yeah, like, yeah, yeah it's yeah. real, real slow, sort of Midwestern, you know, accent. Mm-hmm. And uh, that mm-hmm. was quite funny to me. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's funny it's funny you mentioned that you know uh so working with a french company you know i i, I sometimes I, I don't speak it well but i sometimes you know hear french quite a bit in conversation but you hear you just think if you grew up speaking english you know you speak english i speak english we, we think well french is french but then there's differences in, in, within france there are differences in french canadian and uh so it's, it's the same thing with different dialects around the world for sure yeah yeah uh, that's right i met you you'll like this story so uh <clears throat> And then ISDE, so we go there and we're there for the, the the race. We get bikes uncrated and prepped and whatnot. And there was a Supercross in Sydney that was going on, right? So we all, uh, like Randy Hawkins was there on Team USA, a bunch of others. So we all drive down to Sydney uh, to to have a, uh, to, to watch the Supercross. And we end up, um, you know, meeting some people there. And uh, it was, uh, watched that, had a great time. And then I meet later in the little town of Cessnock. I met an Australian racer. Uh, his name is Greg Nicholson. Uh, they called him Nico or Nico, N-I-K-K-O, but, but Greg Nicholson. And uh, I've still remained, you know, close friends with him. And, and he came over in, anyway, so I met him in Australia and we get to hanging out and everything. And then uh, Anthony Gobert was there. He was buddies with Anthony Gobert. And he mm. was in town watching this ISDE. So I traded uh, Gobert, uh, it was answer. I think he rode with at the time, but I, I have a Gobert number three 
Supercross jersey that I traded him some U.S. motocross magazines, like a like a motocross action and oh, a yeah, yeah. magazine. So I traded him that because you guys didn't have them anywhere near as current as the one that I traveled with to Australia, right? Mm, so we'd wait a couple of months. Yeah, you know, so especially I read, in the country, we'd wait a couple of months. Oh, for sure. Yeah, so I'd read that thing on the plane, read them on the plane. I give them to him and and still have that jersey in my collection of stuff. So uh, that was cool. And that guy, uh, Greg Nicholson, that I met, um, I stayed connected with him. And then, so that was 92. I was there. 93, I started riding A-class and rode Supercross, and we kept in touch. And then he came over in 1994. I bought a, a KX125 for him to race, and he did a few – East Coast Supercrosses stayed with me and 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 he made a Lewis Tampa is where he made a main and 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 did pretty good and and then stayed for a few months with me and and then went back to Australia. Yeah, so I still keep in touch with that guy. Good a good friend, yeah. Yeah, cool. I'll have to look him up. Yeah, I don't don't recall his yeah, name. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. funny the um the uh, there's some guys that are trying to trying to remedy it, but the, okay. the history of Aussie <laughs> racing is so poorly documented, you know. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. some guys out there trying to compile things in that, but it's so mm -hmm. poorly documented. Mm -hmm. If you want to look up the results of that race that you're talking yeah. about, yeah, it it was it's just so hard compared to like you can look up anything and yeah, about exactly. any rider ever what happened results, mm -hmm. you know. Um, it's that which is so good, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, the race the Racer X Vault thing is super handy, and then uh, also Cycle News. You know all their digital uh, issues of Cycle News. You know I love that stuff. I have um, articles of that when my dad had won. Uh, you know a number of Enduros uh, <clears throat> um, when he raced motocross originally. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, and then began racing Enduro, and he had more he had success at both, but 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 was more successful in Enduro. I think you know won some uh regional championships and what have you so i i like to you know try to sometimes look back in there and see if i can find those articles uh you know stating some of his results was that That's like good. like time card traditional time card enduro oh, for sure. yeah yeah that was <clears throat> excuse me that was when you couldn't you couldn't go too fast or you would yeah. quote burn a check right so if you you'd get two points per minute if you're too fast and one point after if you were too slow right yeah <clears throat> excuse me yeah the real real traditional stuff yeah it's a it's almost a lost art um down here now yeah very mm -hmm. very very uh rarely does that does anybody get to ride a traditional enduro in australia anymore yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and yeah, now yeah. is your, your series there <coughs> excuse me is your series there is it um is it where you you zero your time going into the segment and you just go as fast as you can till the end of the segment um no no our um well it's just changed so there's just an australian gnc series has just mm -hmm. started just this okay, year got you. Uh -huh. which is very much just mimics the GNCC. But gotcha. our, our Aussie off-road championships okay. is just a mixture of a cross-country race, which is just a basically yeah. just a, usually, usually a three-hour, just a three-hour, okay, yeah. you know, sort of like a GNCC yeah. or, oh, yeah. or a, a, a sprint event where okay. it's all just timed, <clears throat> timed laps, over you know six probably six heats if if the day goes yeah, well yeah. five six heats yeah and um, those are like, like like stages or something or no yeah 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 okay, cool. yeah yeah, cool, cool. yeah so yeah. that's sort of our yeah. our irc you know that's sort of where um that's where like toby price daniel sanders yeah. sort of cut their teeth they were they those two okay. in particular were winning all of that um yeah. daniel daniel milner who you might remember from he, he yeah. came over to do gncc's at one mm -hmm. stage yeah 
-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's, that's um, Lyndon Snodgrass, who's over there doing the yeah. GNCCs now. Yeah. yeah. And even yeah, you go wind, wind right back, Josh Strang was doing the IORC. Yeah. He, he went yeah. to the States as a pretty, as a young fella, you know, so it's a long, yeah. long time since uh, since yeah. that happened. Yeah. And then and then Wattsy, Shane Watts. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So Shane Watts, man, yeah, like yeah. He, he's a he's a freak. Yeah, he he, I mean, he, he, is, he won everything here and then just won every, then yeah, just yeah. left and just won everything everywhere else. So yeah, so I, I would have worked with him quite a bit, you know, was because at that time we Michelin were working with Factory KTM in in their off road racing and and not only him but Mike Lafferty and you know Yuha Salomon when he came over Yuha Salomon and, and then um david knight and so on but yeah but not uh, but uh but watsy man he's a he's one of a kind a, a unique really unique dude yeah i remember uh so many funny stories with him yeah for sure but good yeah guy. i've never met him i, I missed out he really? he was back home for a little while he mm -hmm. lived, lived back here for a little while about uh five six years ago and yeah, he was doing some so. riding schools and, and mm -hmm. some mates did it and that and i thought yeah i should go and do that you know yeah and yeah. um but uh, and i you know procrastinated and then he, he moved back to the states lives in utah now i think doesn't he i think he does yeah 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 i haven't talked to him in quite a while yeah um you yeah. mentioned yuha yuha selman and Sal yes. selman am i saying that right yes selman and i think selman and yeah 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 we, um that guy amazing man like yeah he um i we used to be able to um uh watch the gncc on youtube a little bit Okay. Yeah. Okay. And um, it, and it sort of it all changed. Where you only get highlights net now, but I mm -hmm. remember sort of that through the two thousands, you could you could find the GNCC on YouTube and that, and the way mm -hmm. he the way he changed the game, man. Like he oh, he's got a completely. he uh, was unbelievable. You know, guys like um, uh, I suppose it was like Rodney Smith was probably yeah. Rodney mm -hmm. Smith dominated before him yeah. in that, like yeah, badass one repeatedly in the way. And Yuha come over and just up the level unbelievably, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think he did. He kind of did to GNCC what Ricky did to motocross, right? Uh, a little bit. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. He came in and yeah. Historically, they would kind of, you know, uh, they do a bit more pacing for the first couple of hours, and and then now I think they, uh, you know, if you look if you look at lap times, I think they're now they're pretty well pinned from the get go. You know. Yeah, um, yeah. It's just it's all a, out. Yeah, three hour sprint, which is crazy, right? So yeah. That's why I also reckon um, one of the it, it's probably it probably is the coolest thing I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. I'd have to think hard, but when Doug Henry turned up <laughs> yeah. on a, on pretty much on a motocross bike and beat yeah. beat Yuha in a yeah. in the GNCC, I can't, I can't yeah, remember yeah. what race it was. I, I, I think Florida one. I think if I remember correctly, I yeah. think it was the you know second or third round would have been the Florida round in conjunction with Bike Week. Yeah, and that's, that's the one, one of the most badass things I've ever seen. It legend, was legend, and then unbelievable, like completely, completely uh, like cramped up, and and yeah. and and, uh, and his legs and body was just cramping up after. You know that one's the one that that Travis Pastrana always likes to try to go do as well. That one in, in Florida because he he grew up riding in a lot of sand down in Croom. Uh, florida and uh and uh but yeah there's just too many uh too many trees to hit for travis i i think for for for, for him to, for him to have true success in the gncc you know he always wants to lead a lap and then i think most recently he and ryan sipes went maybe a year or two ago and his his whole objective was to you know like uh, not get beat by the girl riders or something i think you know he always makes uh some crazy bet but uh 
Yeah, he yeah, always. Some of them good. girls, man, like there's no, there's no, there's no shame <laughs> in getting beaten by them. Jeez. No, 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 no. Heck no, heck no. I've been, I've been outrun by by many of many of them for sure. So. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I know. Um, yeah, Darkside was talking about Rachel Archer flying past him yeah. in there at Iron Man. There, so it's like, yeah. no, <laughs> um, no. Uh, so it's funny. Some guys, some guys can't handle it though, can they? Yeah, yeah, and I don't understand that. You I don't know, get I, that no. Yeah, not it's not prompt. not to go. Yeah, not to go on a uh, in today's world, not to go on a tangent about uh, you know diversity, diversity and inclusion and all that stuff. But but for me, I've never had any issues with being uh, with 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 getting my ass kicked by a girl on, on a motorcycle. No nah, man, or, I just think it's cool. I just think, yeah, like, hell yeah, sister, that's awesome. Know, or, in, in the, or in the workplace, having management that's female. You know, anyway, people. People get spun up about it, but uh, uh, I think if someone has that fragile of an ego that they can't handle that, then yeah, you know, they maybe find another hobby, right? So, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, nobody. Go ahead. No, sorry, no, no. I, don't I was just going to say, my, I was going to say, my, my my dad always said, you know, uh, said when he was racing, you know, he had a lot of racing success, but he would always say, he said, you know, somewhere there's somebody always somebody some faster you know you just haven't traveled far enough to find someone faster than you right like if you if you're you know fast enough in one region or something so mm. yeah so we, like upset. yeah regions in that man like um the I, I think about often that like the just the different levels in the sport mm -hmm. you know like um I, I wrote an article about it one time with a heap of examples and like you could you can have the a guy who is dominates his local area you know yeah and, if, mm -hmm. and to the, the little kids and everything it's just like this guy's just amazing and yeah. then he'll go to a state level thing yeah. and he'll get his mm -hmm. ass kicked you know oh yeah and he's like fifth and the guy that beat him's like you know a minute ahead you know and yeah. things mm -hmm. like that and then same same <laughs> again there's so many there's so many different levels you know yeah um and you know that and that's and that's where that that whole concept that's how the whole you know like like, like so much of my humor is sarcastic and, and pointless or what have you, but, but that's how the entire, you know, me calling myself the fastest man in Piedmont, that, that, that's how that whole thing came about is, so it's in the, in the, you know, 93, four, something like that. And, and I'm practicing at a, I had a, I had a private supercross track, like behind my dad's place of business, a tool and die machine shop. And there were a few acres there and he let me do what I wanted. Right. So I would rent skid steers and, 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 uh, and, and a dozer and build stuff. And I had a proper supercross track, like back in the day. So, um, and I'd have people come like, that's how Mike Brown, I became such great friends with him. Uh, John Sebastian Waugh from Canada, a lot of people, um, top level, you know, guys would, would come there and practice in conjunction with the, the East coast swing of supercross. Right. So anyway, but my local buddies who knew nothing about, supercross right they would come over and watch me ride and they were just blown away by how fast i was right so then they're asking me they <laughs> my one buddy one time asked me and he, and he was serious he goes hey when are you so when are you going to beat jeremy mcgrath and i'm i'm like i'm like never you know ever you know i i, I said I, I said there's there's no chance you know and then uh, well i don't understand he how's how is he so much better he's got the same bike and i'm like well no really he doesn't have the same bike, but yeah, but I explained to them, I'm like, look, if if you had the same Air Jordan shoes as Michael Jordan, can you beat him in basketball? 
Right. And I'm like, no. So that's why same reason I can't beat Jared McGrath. So, so then I went on, I'm like, look, I haven't even qualified for the main event that, that you get points in. And I try to explain to them the point system. And so then they ask, well, how many people are faster than you in the United States? I'm like, Oh, there's thousands. I don't, I don't, I don't even know. Right. And then, uh, what about in the Southeast? I'm like, oh, there's a lot. And they said, what about South Carolina? And I'm like, well, there's Larry Ward and, and Hank Moree. And I said, look, I'm the fastest man in Piedmont. And that's all that really <laughs> matters. You know, it was, it was this whole pointless, sarcastic thing that I'm the, quote, fastest man in this town of, I don't know, 3,000 people probably back then, right? And uh, so then my mechanic, my buddy, my mechanic, he was there helping me. And so we'd go to the races and he kind of fed into that. And we'd go to the line. He'd say, all right, listen you're the fastest man in Piedmont. And we just kind of talked that up or whatever. So it was completely pointless. And then, uh, but, but then Brownie, you know, Mike Brown would always talk about coming down and taking my title, you know, and, and I'd always explain that, look, there's, there's rules that I didn't make, but you have to establish residency. You know, it's like running for governor of a state. You have to establish residency. Brownie, you just can't come beat me at my track and take the title. You have to live in Piedmont. So, through through all those uh, stupid things, I've been able to retain the pointless title all these years. <laughs> you know, I know in Australia they used to say you either had to be born in a town or live there for twenty five years to be a local. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, and that's and that's what my that's what I always joke about is you know is is yeah I'm the, the fastest man in Piedmont and and that's pointless and stupid, but uh, it's funny to me you know traveling and 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 through the years and and like different people learning that like like. Ricky Carmichael to this day, you know, he'll see me and what's up FMIP. You still the fastest man in Piedmont. And I'm like, Ricky, you know that, you know, you know that. So uh, it's, to me, it's funny, but <laughs> it is. Man. It is funny. I love it. I love it. So what bike was next after the, after the Indian, what was the next machine? Oh, so after the Indian, I went back to a, uh, probably would have been a 73 or so. Uh, another one of those Yamaha mini Enduro, the little, but they were yellow and black. So Yamaha had, had originally brought them in low volume uh, and they're kind of hard to find the red and white ones. And then they realized how successful they were and they, they upped production considerably in the coming years. So I went back to one of those and then a uh, little mini Enduro rode it for a few years. <clears throat> and then my first call it fast bike was a, was a, a little Yamaha YZ 80, a little YZ 80, you would call it. But, um, but that was a fun little bike and, and really good. And from there, uh, some XR 200s or XR 185s and then a Yamaha IT 200. I did more because my dad rode in the woods. I rode more in the woods growing up than, than anything. Right. That's kind of what mm. we did. I, I'd ride yeah. some tracks a little bit, but um, I never, ever even raced until my first ever motocross race was on a Yamaha IT 200 in the Enduro class out of some little local, you know, middle of nowhere track around here uh, under the lights. And, and I rode the Enduro class, which means you had to have a headlight. So, uh, but that was fun. And then, and then I was hooked on the motocross track and I bought a, the 85 uh, YZ125. And then, uh, and I remember that thing had disc brakes and I was scared to death of the disc brakes. I, I thought there's no way you can ride a bike. You can, there's no way you can ride a bike that has that much stopping power. Right. But, uh, um, <laughs> but from there went on and just different bikes from there, but fun. fun. Yeah. 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 And then, how about uh, yourself? How about you? What was your first bike? So my first bike was an XR 75, which no is, okay. um, which is very, very common as a first bike for a kid born yeah, in the seventies. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, it was an XR 75. It was an absolute, yeah, 
it was an absolute bucket of shit, you know. <laughs> like it was rough. It was yeah, rough yeah. as guts. Yeah, um, yeah. But uh, yeah, dad, dad, dad raced cars, and he okay. he read in a magazine, not in a magazine, in a um, biography uh-huh. of a famous <laughs> driver that um, that uh, riding trail bikes uh, helped this um, this driver, um, you know, with his skills later as a racing okay, cars. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And dad had his eyes on me as being, you know, his car driver. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah, very much. It's like from the moment there was a boy, I was going to race yeah. cars, you know. Uh-huh. And and yeah. um, and so he straight away read that and he's like, Oh, we better get him a trial bike. So he brought the yeah. SR 75 yeah. home and and the uh, yeah, the rest is history. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it does <clears throat> that does cross over so well, you know, as far as uh line selection and 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 just uh racing. I call it racing mentality or, or awareness and and stuff like that. I, I think I, I I would argue that the average motocross rider uh, is probably an overall a safer driver because you're more aware of like traffic going around. You're reading traffic if you're going faster or someone's faster or you're going slower or whatever. I think you have more a better spatial awareness or what have you uh, yeah. and can read traffic better and anticipate what's going to happen better. Yeah, um, spatial awareness and and reaction time. And yeah, just that, yeah. just that, um, that feel of, of, um, of being one with a machine, Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. like the controls mm-hmm. in your car, they're not switches. You yeah. Know? Mm-hmm. Everything's adjustable. Yeah. Nothing's just it's not, nothing's an on-off yeah. switch where it's a throttle, the brake, everything, you know? Yeah. And that's yeah. what you learn, learn on a, on a trail bike. Yeah. <clears throat> and that's for me, you know, there's, there's, there's so much stuff that, that, that riding a motorcycle now, so I've been riding 53 years. There's so much muscle memory there, right. That that's, that's challenging to deprogram reprogram. You know, if you think about like, for me, I just think about, uh, you know, I don't think about, you know, clutch and brake and this and that you just do those things. Right. Mm-hmm. And I equate it to, it's similar to, you know, if you can type efficiently, you're not thinking about each letter, you're thinking about the words. Right. So for yeah. me, like riding a motorcycle, you're not thinking about, I need to pull the clutch to change the gear. You're not, you're not thinking on that micro level. You're thinking at mm-hmm. a faster pace and everything's happening fluidly. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. You, yeah. you mentioned the, you mentioned the XR 75. So I was probably, I don't know, maybe 10, nine or 10 or so. And I had a little, uh, that little YZ 80, you know, which was a two stroke and a pipey little, uh, pipey little bike. Mm. And my dad's a tool and die machinist and, and welding and fabrication and stuff. So he had my first experience with a four stroke was an XR 75 that someone had brought to him. And I think it had like the, the, had a low pipe that was either damaged or cracked. So he welded and repaired that. And, and he let me ride that around in the yard. That was my first ever experience with a, with a four stroke. And man, it was, it was, that was eye opening, you know, the difference. That was my, my first you know, true experience with a four stroke, but I, but I'm still a two stroke guy. Love two strokes a hundred percent, but uh, yeah. I like, yeah. I like both, but if I, yeah, if too. I had to have, if I could only have one, it's a two stroke for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Yeah. For me, if I would, if I were going to, you know, if I were going to try to be in some way, you know, truly competitive in, in, in racing, if I were to, you know, start racing again, regularly and in, in, in motocross regionally or try to go to Loretta's or anything like that. It certainly makes sense that a four stroke uh, is, is more, uh, more user friendly, rider friendly, more usable power and, and everything like that. But for me, the only reason I ride a motorcycle is, is for fun. So for me, a two strokes, always uh, a, a blast. I have a, have a 
2018 Husqvarna, a little TC125, but I've got the the 150 kit, you know, the KTM mm -hmm. little 150 yeah. kit on it. And it does, that's, that's, that's plenty fast for anything that I need to be able to do. Uh, you yeah. know, I, I'm, it's not like a 450. I'm not going to accidentally jump 40 feet too far, right? Like you have to plan mm -hmm. ahead and, and, and ride the bike aggressive to go fast. So uh, I love that it's versatile. I can go ride it in the trails as well. So I'm a, yeah, I'm a, I'm a two stroke guy for sure. So. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, my favorite thing to do nowadays really is, is just um, go to a motocross track. And mm -hmm. like, I'm like, I'm, I'm like the kid. I'm like the kid that won't come off the track until he runs out of fuel. Like I, yeah. they got to, they got to throw the checkers for me. Yeah. You know, the sessions yeah. ended before I'm pulling off the track, you know, like mm -hmm. I'll be the first one out there in the morning and then, you know, and, and um, that sort of thing. And, and uh, I'll, I'll sometimes, you know, I'll often take two bikes. I'll, I'll take a sort of a more modern four stroke. Okay. Yeah, and I'll take my, I'll take my KX125 as well. And yeah. most of, most of the time, the four stroke doesn't come off the trailer. Yeah. So, yeah. Know, like, it's, yeah. I just, yeah. just love it. Just, and, and I'm not fast on a 125. I'm not fast at any time, yeah. but especially on a 125, but it's just so much fun. So, yeah. yeah. I love it. I love it as well. Yeah. Yeah. And what about, so your first, um, your first uh, race, you know, your first Fedek and race bike when you got into Supercross in like 93, what was, what was yeah. that? Yeah, so that was, that was Kawasaki's at that time. Um, yeah, so I rode, I started racing, um, <clears throat> like rode that old Enduro bike and then got a YZ125 and, and, and would ride, ride like a 125 Novice or 125 C-Class. Um, did that for a bit, broke a wrist pretty bad. Uh, and then, uh, I was, I was going to school, going to college, you know, for engineering degree to, to, to do that. And so I kind of didn't race for a while. Uh, it wasn't until later I was I hired on with Michelin, uh, in an engineering role there and kind of, kind of got back into riding a bit more, let's say, and started doing some, some local, uh, little motocross stuff. I had a, I think that would have been 80, 88, 89, 90, somewhere along in there, I had like an 85 CR250 that I, man, I wish I had that thing. It was a fun bike, bought a used bike and would go race some little, you know, non-AMA sanctioned little races here and there. And then it was, uh, I bought a 1990 KX250 um, from Tough Racing, which was here in the U.S. Tough Racing, you know, was the online place. Yep. A mail order, not not online, sorry, mail order. And you could order the bike. They delivered it to my dad's shop and, and I started riding that in the, C class in 1990 signed up at a major, you know, at Muddy Creek was my first ever AMA race and rode the novice class C class there. And then 91 and 92, I rode B class or, you know, intermediate. And uh, I progressed pretty quickly. Not that I was great at it, but I pro progressed pretty quickly from novice to intermediate to pro because I just had so much, you know, variety of riding background in, in, and riding on some tracks here and there and woods growing up and everything. Um, and then I got a, a AMA pro license for the 1993 season and was on, on Kawasaki's then uh, with that, with that dealership I'd mentioned earlier. And uh, so, yeah, so 93, I went down to the Orlando Supercross, took my vacation days from Michelin from an engineering role, drove down to Orlando with just hopes and prayers of, you know, if I can, if I can somehow make it into the night show, and just race amongst the other racers that would blow my mind. Right. And I rode 250 because yep. I, just, I just had a 250 back then. And, and uh, so I, I made it the night show. You had to race in the, you had to ride daytime qualifiers on Saturday morning, afternoon. 
So transferred into the nighttime, blown away that I'd accomplished that. And then, uh, ironically, um, uh, in the semi, you know, they take, so they took back then they take four out of the heat race and then, yeah. so 16 go to the semi, uh, and they take five and, uh, and I got sixth in, in a semi. So I missed a, my very first ever 250 main event by one spot. And it was, you know, like I, I jokingly tell someone that it was, uh, you know, it was, it was Koji Akawara, a Japanese racer that Jim Holly brought over to the U S but I always <laughs> joke. I was, you know, I was a, I was a quarter inch behind him on the result sheets and probably a hundred meters on the track. So, uh, so, yeah. but, but oh, if I had, I'm, it's, it's a blessing that I didn't make that main event, my very first one, cause I would have been in the way and probably, uh, uh, got in the way of Stanton or Bradshaw or whoever, but, uh, but I was hooked, you know, so then I would take my vacation days and, and, and go to like, uh, it was Orlando. Then I'd always do in whatever order I do Charlotte, North Carolina, Tampa, Florida, Daytona, Florida, and then Atlanta, Georgia, which was the closest one. So I would just do those five, um, with, with no, uh, aspirations of making a career of it. I was already, already 20, 26 years old, 20, 25, six, seven years old, you know, and, and certainly knew where I fit in, in the, the equation of motorcycling. I was participating in the races, not truly, truly racing, but, uh, it was awesome. And then 95 riding Hondas, I made that, that 125 main event. So, and that was the, the unbelievable for me, an unbelievable, unbelievable, amazing memory. Great night for sure. So. Yeah. Cool. We'll talk about that a bit. So I, yeah, uh, I said to Randy just before we, we started <laughs> yeah. recording. I actually watched it. I, 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 it's a. I've watched. I mean, every old race on YouTube. I've watched them all several uh -huh. times. Probably a couple of years since I'd seen this one. Um, what what stadium was that at? So that was in that was in. Ah, uh, oh, dang it! If you hadn't asked me, it was called. Um, oh, it was called uh, Memorial Stadium in Charlotte, yeah. North Carolina. And it was downtown Charlotte. Like it was in the, it was an old, uh, a very small football stadium and it was called Memorial stadium. And it was, uh, the bleachers and all of the, all of the structure, the, the bleachers and everything were stone, like granite stone and everything. It was an old, old stadium and it's where, uh, they'd hold football games and stuff. Um, but it was right downtown Charlotte. Um, and that, if you remember some of the, there's some really iconic images of, of Bradshaw back then where you could see, you know, him like in the air over a triple and you see the city skyline behind him. So it's really cool, but a, a very, very small stadium, not much, uh, not much extra space, you know, for a football field, not much extra space outside. Uh, so it was yeah. a tight little stadium. Yeah. Heck yeah. 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 And then, so also lining up in that race um, was so several people you've already mentioned. So Brownie. Yeah. So Brownie's yeah. Brownie's in that race. Brownie was in that one, yeah. Huh? Yeah. Um, Pashon. Yep. And yep. um so J and JSR. Yep. Yeah. in there. And one that made me laugh, um, just because of um so Matt Maximoff was in there. Yeah. And yeah. um he I always remember him as and a lot of people, you know, that are into old stuff remember him as as the kid who said his um his dirt bike was better than his girlfriend. When yeah. he was in the, the yeah, he won exactly. a he won an eighty cc race, um, and, uh, yeah. and uh, they interviewed <laughs> him and and someone I can't remember which um, might have been Larry Myers or someone like yeah. that. So like, yeah. Asked him if he had a girlfriend and yeah. and that and yeah, he said his motorbike was better than his girlfriend. So that was, uh, <laughs> always hey, remember so Matt Maximoff for that. So yeah, 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 yeah. yeah so that was so that season. Yeah, so '95, I, I got a, a, some support from a Honda dealership out of uh, North Carolina, out of North Carolina, and I think, if I remember correctly, 
uh, like they gave me a, they gave me a 250 and I bought a 125 or vice versa. But anyway, they gave me a bike and I bought one at a good deal. And I was riding back then. I still ride uh, double class. Uh, I'd ride 125 and 250 and, and I would uh, ride the 250. You could, you could make both night shows and get a little extra money. Right. But it was, it was kind of yeah. weird going back and forth uh, between the bikes. And uh, so that we, we go to Charlotte, it was in, I think in April, and it was the last one of the five that I would do each year. Right. So we went to that one and my mechanic, my buddy, Matt, he was like, look, let's don't, let's don't do two bikes. You know, you, you, you've came pretty close to making main events. Let's go to this one. Let's just do just 125 and and that's your best chance and so on. So I, I, I give a lot of credit to him on that. And then <clears throat> I don't know, can't really remember the heat race that well. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. But then, and the LCQ uh, at that time, they would take four, right? If we go to the lineup, take four out of what, 18 or however many they were. Um, and on the starting line, you know, he gave me, the, he gave me that fastest man in Piedmont speech, you know, and, <laughs> and it was so funny. He's like, he goes, uh, he goes, man, you, you used to be great at starts, you know, you used to be great at starts and, uh, and uh, man, you just, you know, give me, Cause we knew, we knew that I wasn't going to do that anymore. Life's moving on and this and that. And I'm like, <clears throat> and I realized that I wasn't trying to make it in Supercross, but yet I knew that was my last one. And he tells me in the, in the LCQ says, just, just give me one whole shot. Just give me one more whole shot, man. You used to be great. Just give me one more whole shot, this and that. So I whole shot the LCQ, which of course back then, Matt, you don't see those on TV, but I whole shot the LCQ. And then uh, I jokingly say I worked my way back to fourth and then block like heck, right? So uh, yeah. so I, I was a fourth last one to transfer to the main. And then uh, and then completely uh, was, you know, if you saw that recently on, on my Instagram, that recent thing, that tribute I did to, to Art Ekman, you know, that come main event time, I guess I, I guess I was asleep on the gate there and, and, and running the first turn and over the hay bales and stuff. But uh, with Maximoff, you, yeah, you, you and Maximoff yeah. were off the, off with, the, with Maximoff off the track. And his, yeah, with Maximoff and his bike that was better than his girlfriend. So, uh, yeah, that's it. Yeah. So, but I was just, I was blown away. For me, that was unbelievable to, to, to do that. My, my parents and a lot of friends were there because it was only, in, you know, an hour and a half uh, north from, from where I live. And it was super cool. And then from then, I went to, all right, there's 15 laps. I got to make sure I don't screw anything up and get in anyone's way. And then, uh, it's funny, you know, my buddy, Mike Brown wins the thing mm. and, and mid race, I don't know if you, if you watched it, but at mid race, when they've got the little timer up there, the little Honda timer showing like the lap time and the distance back or whatever, Pishon cases the crap out of that. Yes. Triple, right. Yeah. And, and I'm, and I'm on the inside. That was a triple that I couldn't do. Uh, the other triple I could do consistently because there was enough space. You could, you could shift to third, but you were shifting to third, like right at the bottom on the face. Yeah. Um, but this other triple, there's no way that it was only a few factory guys doing it. Right. And I, I'm just trying to stay out of his way. So I'm tucked in tight on the left side, not on the racing line. And you see me like case the double really hard. Yeah. And then Pichon almost kills himself. On, oh on yeah. The triple. Massive, brutal. massive case. And that's yeah. what yeah, he, and he broke his, you know, probably yeah. um, now they, they say later on in the broadcast, um, yeah. Like yeah. re-injured the re-aggravated a wrist or something like that yeah he yeah. did something he didn't break it yeah um, and then yeah. and what's funny was he he was lapping me of course right he's lapping me when that happens and now we're going into the and that was i remember that was the next term was a 90 degree and went across in front of the mechanics and and i'm looking i kind of like look over at him because i see him 
blow himself out. Right. Yeah. He's still rolling, but he's in pain. So I'm yeah. like, All right, well, I don't know if I'm supposed to go back in front of him or let him go. Cause I don't know if he's going to continue the race or not. So, but it was funny. He, I got he, a, had, I got he had to clear, had to finish to clinch the title. Yeah. 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 I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, you would have heard all sorts of French expletives when, uh, when that case yes. happened. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. Exactly. Right. Cause that yeah. was, na- that was nasty. Like, yeah. So yeah, I got it. Yeah, I got an 18th and that was my, uh, my one and only Supercross main event, but I still, you know, cherish that. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I had to laugh uh, Brownie's interview at the end. Uh-huh. He like, he looks exactly the same as he does now. Yeah. Like yeah. how old's Brownie there? You know, mid twenties. Like he looks. Yeah. He, I'd say Brownie there is probably 23, 22, yeah. 23. Yeah. But yeah. He looks like 38 in that interview and yeah. he still looks like 38 now he does. it's like he exactly does. the same there's no difference yeah. at all no. and and i and you know and the, the amazing thing is uh, such a, a good friend with him the amazing thing is he's in a lot better shape now yeah yeah, you know, yeah. At, at 50 what two or 51 two something like that yeah he's amazing that guy yeah, yeah he is he is he's, he's funny a, uh, funny he's good a, funny he's good. a machine yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what sort Alleged. of gear are you wearing in that race because it the YouTube, it's quite, it's fuzzy, you know, yeah, it's a bit, it's, bit blurry. I couldn't pick what you're wearing. Yeah. I think it would have been uh, so Thor. I had Thor deal with a uh, through a local dealer. So you know, and I think back to to I think back to to those times and 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 how you try to build relationships and whatnot. So um, yeah, it would have been it would have been Thor gear that I wore in '94 and '95, and and I got some help. I say help through them through. Uh, a local like a performance shop is called Neely Racing uh, here in South Carolina, and he would do like some engine mod for me, some suspension stuff and everything, and just kind of keep the bike fresh. And uh, um, so he had good relations with the Parts Unlimited representative, uh, and and they would give me like I don't know, probably like three pair of pants and six jerseys or something like that. And I thought I was, you know, I thought I was uh, the king of the world there with that with that sponsorship. Yeah. So like yeah, no, ninety five was a for me you know for 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 gear and the look of the bikes and the gear and everything it's mm-hmm. it's 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 probably close to a, a high point ever i reckon that was yeah, you know, I agree, yeah. it was yeah. a cool time you know they they really yeah. um everything yeah. everything was looking good yeah the ones that re- to me the ones that really looked amazing then were that axo you know on bradshaw and stanton both not in in those in those 90s there that timeline yeah uh, that was that was iconic um and it's funny you mentioned or you were asking about that stadium. So so Damon Bradshaw is from you know that Charlotte area, yeah. right? And then uh can you imagine this is a little small, small, intimate stadium, and it probably held, I don't know, twenty thousand people, maybe, and it was just packed. And then uh so rider introductions, they uh you know, nothing like the uh as extravagant as they are nowadays with the, all the lighting and everything, but yet they introduced the riders and they would kind of come in from different parts of the track or whatever. And then Damon Bradshaw, who's just an old country boy that, you know, grew up on a farm and he and his family by then, he and his family had a lot of property and horses and whatnot. They introduced him and he and his younger brother, Zach, came in from the end of the stadium, like behind the starting gate in a full run on these beautiful horses. Right. I don't know if they're like whatever, Appaloosa or some kind of horse. Anyway, yeah. but they just came flying down the start straight on these horses, you know, and then to a full stop and everything. And that, I just remember that stadium erupting uh, the way he would come into the venue uh, on the horse, which is so different than a bike, right? So Yeah, yeah. That's super cool, man. 
Yeah, I don't, I don't think in that time, I don't think anything Bradshaw could do anything that wasn't, you know, that wasn't just badass and cool. So it's still really, isn't it? He's just, <laughs> yeah. he, yeah, he just yeah. he has an aura. Doesn't he he? Does, He's one of them yeah. guys who has an aura of just cool. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Heck yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, does. Yeah. yeah. He's just a just a big dog, just an alpha, you know. Like he's just yeah. you know, anything to he do is. with that guy, you know. It's just, yeah, yeah. And he's and he's such a he's such a such a humble person. Yeah, uh, he he was actually he was in this area recently. One of the western one of my buddies who's a Western Power Sports sales rep had a ride day here at uh, at Next Level. You know the track that uh, just oh, yeah. Eddie Ray and and Daniel Blair had. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So Bradshaw was in town for that, and I, I was at the GNCC, so I didn't get a chance to, to hang out with him. But uh, but another buddy of mine had recently bought a, a Yamaha uh, Tenere, and he was asking me about, you know, uh, accessories or hop up or setting it up more for off road or this and that. And I said, listen, let me let me let me put you in touch with with Damon, and he'll be yeah. glad to help you. You know, because he's my yeah, he's been riding a T seven. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. And he's got a couple of them. He's got one that's more really really off-road and then one that's more adventure so anyway so i put my buddy who who never spoke to damon but obviously knows who he is and he said damon talked with him half hour on the phone and was super helpful and gave him a lot of pointers on setup and this and that and answered every question he had so he's a genuine humble you know good dude solid dude for sure to this day cool man cool yeah, let's talk a bit about your talk a bit about your vintage huskies Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. So Absolutely. I um I, I I love vintage bikes. You know that's um yeah. I love, I mean I love I love everything to do with the sport. But my mm -hmm. real my absolute passion is vintage bikes, and mm -hmm. um, I don't have anywhere near enough of them, and I definitely don't have enough of them up and running because yeah, mostly because of the cost of it. But <laughs> it is, um, yeah. so you've got a seventy seven CR one two Husky CR one two five. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I have, I have that bike, and then I have two uh, 75 Husqvarna 250 uh, mag. One is a CR and one's a WR. The WR is, is of course, wide ratio transmission, yeah. a little bit different internal gearing. And I have the WR set up a bit more for uh, for for enduro. So the suspension, yeah. I do. I have Racetech, uh, Racetech uh, gold valve or, or Racetech uh emulator emulators uh, yeah emulators in, in both um but the spring rate for the enduro the wr is a bit more soft um and i have um olin's shocks on that uh, a really good buddy's the olin's rep in the area so he dials me in with that um and then on the uh the cr250 the 75 cr250 it's a bit stiffer suspension um and i have a uh there's a company called uh, klp which is kyle larson products but a billet aluminum swing arm on that one um because jumping them as much as i do i have an issue where the the, the older the older swing arm would, would flex sometimes if you land and cause yeah. a chain to derail that's cost oh, me yeah. some races yeah and uh there's a company called vintage husky that makes some really good billet aluminum triple clamps that lets you uh in the steering stem on those bikes you have just little small ball bearing races that are really fragile right yeah. so you start jumping those things you bust the the bearing race and then little ball bearings fall out so uh this vintage husky they make a press in insert top and bottom uh that enables you it presses in where the stock steering stem is and then yeah. it lets you put in lets you integrate a true uh tapered roller bearing so for yeah. a much more stable and secure uh, front end so 
Um, but that's that's really the only mods I do to them. Uh, engines are you know stock, and I do kind of you know fresh rebuild them and everything, and the the stock exhaust on them and drum brakes, and uh, I've got some fresh uh, W wheels, a fresh rebuild of some W wheels on my moto bike because again it takes a bit a bit more of a beating than the woods bike, but but I absolutely love them. You know, I just uh, uh, I love them both. Yeah, just makes you smile, doesn't it? Yeah, they do. Yeah, heck yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. They do. And 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 uh, and, uh, and again, my 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 dad. He. I'm trying to think. When was the last time Dad raced one of them? A couple few years ago, a little Arma, which is the uh, you know Arma's American Historic Racing Motorcycle Association or something. I think is what the acronym. But but uh, we had a local race here uh, in, in in South Carolina, and my dad raced uh, raced one of the bikes, and uh, it's just so fun to me to see him out there on them because I, I have the same you know, mental vision as a little kid, right. When I was, uh, my, when my head was about gas tank height to watch him race and, and now to see him go back out there and do that, it's so much fun. And for me to, uh, you know, live through that, that passion that he had then that I have now is uh, really a cool thing for me for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It is, man. Yeah. Yeah. Any, any sort of, do you, is there a vintage bike that you don't have that you like that you'd like to have in your collection? Um, Oh, my, my, uh, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, not not any one particular one that really, really stands out. Um, in a lot of ways, I'd like to have uh, a 95 CR125 because that's what I, you know, made a yes. 125 main event on. So I'd yeah. kind of like to have that, you know, I, I, that would be neat to have. Um, but, you know, I don't know if you, uh, my really good buddy on, on uh, Robbie Green, who's my, my buddy yeah. on Instagram, is RDG Moonville, right? So so Robbie has about, I think he's 110 bikes now, uh, maybe yeah. Yeah, 110 or so. But he has some really cool stuff. He has a, a 96 CR250 that maybe has an hour, two hours of riding time on it. It's so, so pristine, so nice. Um but I, I, I live vicariously through his collection. So, you know, from time yeah. to time, he's going to say, uh, hey, I need to crank up some bikes and ride them around the yard some this weekend. Are you available? I'm like, yes, yes. So I go up there and ride some IT200s or some KDX200s or some Husqvarna's that he has, uh, some really cool Kajivas that that he won't sell to Steve Mathis and, uh, you know, and and a lot of vintage bikes. But, but nothing really... <clears throat> nothing really stands out to, to, to my collection for me to have, uh, you know, the, the, the little Indian behind me and, and then the, the little Yamaha mini Enduro, those, those two probably mean the most to me. Yeah. 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 Cool. Is it, is it Robbie that has the spreadsheet that shows yes. how, when he started bikes up and all that? Yeah. I, I love yeah. that. I can't, I can't, I can't tell you how much I, I love that. <laughs> that passion and that yeah, level he, of organization that just yeah. it, that just warms my heart so much like yeah he's and, and robbie he's a, a great great friend uh for 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 many years we met like so many of us we meet great friends through motorcycling right that same interest so uh we've been friends probably i don't know 30 over 30 years for sure over 30 probably 35 40 years now 35 years but um um but he uh yeah, he has that many bikes and, and he keeps track of, he has Excel spreadsheet with them. And like from a project standpoint, like what's needed on them and, and everything and, and what the, what, what he paid for it, like what he paid for each bike, he has all that and how often he starts them up and, uh, and everything. So he kind of goes through them because you, you need to start them up and ride them around yes. a bit. 
uh, for sure to keep them. You can't leave them, them sitting around. Yeah. Yeah. If you just let them sit, they'll go, they'll go bad. Just they like we do, talked yeah. about the, the old age, you know, if you just, if all you do is sit around, you'll, you'll go downhill quick. Same, right? same as stay, people. You got to keep, got to keep moving. Yeah. You got to stay active. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. yeah. And that's it. And bo old box have got to be ridden too. I'm, I'm big on that. You know? Yeah. 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 I like it too. You, he you has, gotta ride he has, yeah, he has a few that are so nice that, that you certainly wouldn't race them or wouldn't put them in a, in a, in a racing yeah. situation um but but to ride them you know up and down his little paved driveway that's about the extent of how they get ridden um yes but still it's fun to do that right because every bike has a different uh, uh different personality a different personality to it. you know it's uh, a different sound to them and that's super cool yeah 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 i could just imagine it, it, if you like me he'd probably probably talks to him and oh, yeah <laughs> pat, pats, pats him on the yeah. back fender uh-huh yeah 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 yeah, I, yeah he, he probably cusses them sometime when he when he can't get one to start well, right. and, when yeah, he, yeah. and when he has in his he has in his notes as well like uh um you know uh starts good cold or you know needs choke or blip throttle don't touch throttle all because the, they all have a little you know personality right to, to get yeah. starts. he has all his notes so uh it's funny it's funny but yeah great that's great 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 stuff yeah, yeah. Yeah, I would like to. For me, I would. I would like to someday. You know, when 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 the time comes for retirement from my full time job, right? I, I would. I would. I would enjoy uh, maybe buying and restoring and fixing up and selling. You know, vintage bikes. I, to me, I think that was something I would really. I think that's something I would enjoy. Uh, you know, I'll have access to my father's. Uh, he's retired, but still, he built him a tool and die machine shop. So we have access to anything and everything that we would need uh, to 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 you know to rebuild a bike so to me that's something i'd like to do yeah something i'd like it's to my, do. it's my favorite thing that it's my favorite thing to do apart from um riding them is yeah yeah exactly is, yeah. is restoring bikes yeah mm -hmm. yeah, yeah and I, i'm sort of geared up to do nearly everything myself there's a few okay. few few things i uh i need but i'm not far off being able to do every like literally everything myself so wow that's awesome yeah yeah, okay. yeah 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 no like i um I, I uh, can two pack spray paint frames and okay yeah and um, you know I can do you know I, I was a mechanic as a young fella so I can do full engine rebuilds and that sort of thing or heck yeah and uh, everything I'm not about anything I have not geared up to do zinc plating but yeah other than that I uh, yeah I've sort of taught myself and learned how to do just about everything on old bikes so that's good yeah, yeah. yeah. that's super good yeah that's 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 fun yeah i like i like so, sometimes i like i i enjoy working on them if it's a project or an upgrade or something like that um it, it to me it's frustrating if you're having to work on one because something's not running right then it's kind of a, a frustrating thing right but uh, yeah but yeah otherwise yeah. if your project and working towards and, and making progress on improving something maybe that's that's definitely fun to do it is yeah it is yeah yeah, yeah. hey um I've got a uh, a few sort of um, just sort of random questions. Okay. Yeah. That I that I might ask. Um, okay. Yeah. So you, um, what do you, what does Randy do to look after you? What do you do to look after your health? Do you have any particular things that you do routinely or advice or anything like that? Yeah. 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 I do. I, I do. So um, one, as I've aged, um, I, I, I try to get, I try to get, uh, I try to eat healthy and and get really good sleep and and exercise regularly you know and they sound so simple right um but uh but but i i, I get probably eight eight and a half hours sleep which is quite good that's about my average if i look back on my fitness tracker what have you and then um 
I do uh, three days a week. I do a, a workout. It's a men's workout group here. Um, it's it's kind of more in the southeast, but there's it was started in Charlotte, North Carolina, but it's called F3 and it's fitness, fellowship and faith. And it's kind of I tell people it's kind of like a, it's kind of like a calisthenics and CrossFit with some with some church sprinkled on top. Right. So uh, so it's a it's a a peer led workout group by men. And each time it's a different guy who leads the workout and they'll come in and just, we do that. So tomorrow morning at five 15, I'll meet a crew of 10 or 12 people in the morning and we'll do burpees and push-ups and pull-ups and run and climb the bleachers and sit-ups and all that stuff um, for 45 minutes. And then we circle up and, and have like a little word or devotion and some prayer and then go about the day. So that's one thing I love. I love mountain biking uh and and road road bicycling um i have a a one hour loop i do from my house that's kind of out in the country on the road bike and then uh ambassador deal i have with specialized so i have a turbo levo that i love the e-mountain bike that's easier on my knees and then uh you know try to try to eat healthy a lot of salads and some grilled chicken and stuff like that and then uh and then when the time is right some occasional 32 to fun so that's right. And your your tipple of choice is vodka and Red Bull. Is that right? Or yeah, I love it. Yeah, I, I love, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Vodka and Red Bull. And if I can't get that, I'll just use uh, Red Bull and vodka. I'll compromise. If, <laughs> if I can't get the one, if I can't get the one, I'll get the other. Yeah. In in the ratio, um, right. That's exactly. It. Yeah, that's that's yeah, heck yeah. You gotta you gotta do it that way. 32 to fun is is the way I like to keep it for sure. So and, and I'll yeah, and I'll 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 have I'll I'll certainly have uh have a few beers here and there. Um and I'm the I'm the guy that might go. I might go a month, or I might go several weeks without having a beer, or I might come home one night and go, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna grill out some steaks and have a couple beers with dinner. Um, it varies, but uh, but yeah, generally speaking, uh, eat healthy and not too much fried food. And hope to be uh, hope to be as as fit and healthy as my dad is uh, if I ever make it to 79. Yeah, well, your dad's a good, uh, good example, man. Good example. Yeah, he, yeah, he really, really for, is for all for all men, you know. So. Yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah. My dad, and it's funny, my dad. Through the years, I've invited my dad to join me to this to this workout group, what have you. And he's like, well, I just, I'm just gonna keep doing, I'm just gonna keep doing my workout. So my dad, at 79, he does uh, every morning. Does 30 push-ups, 50 sit-ups, and 150 squats. And I'm like. Okay, if that, if that if that works for you, and then he walks a bit too. He'll walk. Uh, he's got a, a, a walk, a trip that he or a loop that he does, like a four mile walk that he does, probably two or three days a week. And uh, he's 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 super healthy. Yep, super healthy. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's fantastic. Reminds yeah. me of a gentleman I, uh, I I I used to work with, and he okay. he he was um, eighty at the time. Uh huh. And um, we we're working in a freight depot. And, okay. um, and, uh, he would, um, because he, because he was 80, he was only uh, part time, like casual. Yep. Gotcha. If, if they called him in to start work at like 10, they needed help at 10. He was uh -huh. there at eight anyway, because he's yeah, old school. Yeah, he was yeah. there at eight anyway. And he goes, no, don't pay me till 10. I'm just, I just want, I'm just ready to go, you know? Yeah. And he'd just start working anyway. 
And he yeah. would he would say to me, he'd say, "You drive the forklift, I'll do the manual stuff." And he would be lifting <laughs> gate lifting gates out of semi trailers, yeah, and running around shifting bearers uh, while we're yeah. loading trucks and all that sort of thing. Yeah, and this yeah. guy at eighty years old, and and um, that that's why he why he could still do that is because yeah, exactly. of yeah. that attitude. Mm-hmm. Like he was mm-hmm. just like, I, w- I want to do the physical stuff. I want to work. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it really, um, it really rings true. Motion's lotion, as they say. Yeah, it, it is. It truly, truly is. Yeah, it truly is. You you sit uh, you sit sit dormant and and sit still, and uh, uh, and and everything goes downhill, right? If we if we don't use it, we lose it, right? So that's right. Um, what's your what's your favorite? So the old question: um, You've got one album to listen to for the rest of your life. What's what's that album? Oh man. Um, I want to say 1984 Van Halen. Nice. I, think nice. I, I knew think you were a Van Halen fan. I yeah, knew yeah. you were a Van definitely, Halen fan. So, yeah. yeah, definitely Van Halen, not Van Hagar, Van Halen. But, but you know, my, but, but at the same time, yeah, that's pro- that'd probably be it because that takes me back to some really, really fun, uh, you know, high school memories and in, in that era and going to see, you know, Van Halen live and, and everything. I, I, I love that. I, I love that, that, music but at the same time you know i i grew up on uh with my parents like credence clearwater revival um a lot of a lot of old country you know um you know willie nelson conway twitty and and just like old old country um yeah. so i like that um i i really enjoy 80s 90 uh, yeah 80s uh, to maybe early nineties rap. I enjoy that. I don't like today's rap stuff. So, so I'm, I'm all over the place, dude. I, I really, really am. Um, yeah. but if I had to listen to one yet, yeah, it'd be, it'd be something Van Halen or Van Halen's greatest hits. Probably. Let's say that. So yeah. Yeah. Van, Van Halen's greatest hits from the DLR era. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly right. Yeah. And how about yourself? Yeah. What would yours be? Um, mine, it, it, it changes a lot. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. But I always go back to it would be Highway to Hell, ACDC. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that is a like, good I, too, ACDC is like a, a being an ACDC fan is like it's it's a birthright. Yeah, in, yeah, you have to Australia, be right. You just have in to be, Australia. Yeah. Like my my first ACDC tape, my dad gave it to me. You know, uh, my no, kids love ACDC cool. because uh-huh. you know, like and ACDC they're coming back next year and my daughter's old enough to go and she she already can't wait to go and see acdc yeah you, know, you go to an acdc concert in australia and there will be little kids with mums and dads yeah. and right through to there'll be grandmas and grandpas to the grandparents yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it's a uh, yeah it's an institution you know so yeah, yeah. and highway to hell is my favorite album of theirs yeah okay. it's their best yeah, album. Yeah. i think i remember I, I think one of your one of your podcasts i think you were talking with with jamie with dark side about that about that about that concert and going to see that, if I remember correctly, I, I might have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was thinking yeah. so. Yeah, I was thinking so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the um, you know, like yeah, um, and there's something sort of special about when you see ACDC in Melbourne too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's sort of a homecoming yeah. for them. Like that, awesome. the the boys all they came from different parts of the world. Uh, you know, like the young brothers actually came from. Well, a lot of that, a lot of them come from Scotland. Were born in Scotland. You know, really okay. Born as well, yeah, but they yeah. um. They all sort of um, um, met and hit their straps in Melbourne, and that yeah. the film clip of "Long Way to the Top," where they're on the flatbed truck 
going through the city yeah. and that, that's Swanston Street in Melbourne. Really? Okay. Which ain't that far from Marvel Stadium, you know, where the Supercross yeah. and is. So and yeah, that's oh yeah, um, so and that's where Marvel is usually where ACDC plays. So that's awesome. Thank uh, you. It's pretty cool. It's sort of yeah, it's a, a homecoming sort of thing for them. So yeah, that. Uh, yeah, awesome. I, hope, I hope you I hope you make it to that one. I hope you take your daughter. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, we, we'll definitely go if um, given. You know, yeah, you know the the boys. I, I didn't think they were going to come around again. You know, I thought last time yeah. was the last time because you know, a couple uh -huh. of them got crook and that. But uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, that would be mine. But uh, same as you, man. I'm into lots of different sorts of music. Yeah. Um, you know, eighties. Uh, 80s rock, 90s grunge is sort of my my um, my niches, but yeah, yeah. lots of different things, man. Lots of different mm -hmm. things. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I listen to a lot of Pearl Jam and 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 that type of stuff. You know, that 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 era in the in the 90s, going to and from. You know, I might driving to and from those supercrosses. Uh, you know, I I, I you know I, I I had it. I had the high tech version of the cassette player that went into. You know the cassette thing that went into your dash, right? The into the discman, yeah, yeah, with the disc, yeah. The disc <laughs> yes, and, yeah, and and the, the disc sitting on. That's the, what the cool the, kids had. That's, yeah, that's what. That's, that's what the cool kids had. Yeah. <laughs> so I had that thing sitting in. A, I had a Ford Econoline van that I would drive. You know, to the races and stuff. And, yeah. And I had that that disc player thing sitting on. The, the the drink console thing there right so then if you yeah. got on a rough road it would bump it kind of yeah, skip you, you got to put a cup you got to put like a jumper or a pillow underneath it yep yeah so yep. it didn't that's, skip yeah yeah that's what i would do yeah put a little a little foam uh cushion yeah. in there but yeah but i would listen to everything from <laughs> it might be, be pearl jam and the next one might be snoop dogg right and and it was uh so i was all over the place as well so yeah cool um what um what skill would you swap the, of, of your, your current skills and mm -hmm. um, to get another skill? So, for instance, um, I would swap um, my, um, say, mechanical skills to be able to shred a guitar, you know? Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. what, what about yourself? What would you swap out to, to do another skill yeah. that you'd love to have? Uh, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think which one I would, would – what, what I would give up, what skill I would I, – I, 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 I would, I would gladly give up my ability to efficiently change motorcycle tires. How about that? Uh, no, I don't know. Uh, um, I certainly wouldn't give up my, not that I think it's that great, but it certainly stirs. It certainly keeps me active and healthy and sharp my, mentally. I wouldn't give up my sense of humor for anything. Uh, I wouldn't give up that, that skill. Uh, but um, i trying to think what would I give up, but what I would love to be able to do, I would love to be able to sing. Uh, I'm, I'm a horrible singer. I'm very creative, uh, very creative, like lyrics and stuff. You know, the, uh, you know, the, um, uh, Pastrana's that the Nitro Circus, uh, DVD, um, Thrillbillies. Do you remember that one? I've, Thrillbillies. I've Thrillbillies. heard. Yeah. They're, they're like the, um, are the Thrillbillies, are they like the, the, um, bluegrass? <laughs> No, that's that's just the one DVD they had called Thrillbillies. Oh, uh, okay. Thrillbillies, and and then so Travis and and uh, Greg Godfrey reached out to me and asked me, "Hey, Randy, you're creative, and would you write write a song for the beginning of this DVD? We're going to call it Thrillbillies." And I'm like, "Okay, well, I'll just remake the sound, remake the words from." Uh, the Beverly Hillbillies, which is an iconic yeah. TV show, you know, from here. So, so I sat down one night, had a couple beers. 
put down my my notes and started transposing and writing this song so um it was you know come and listen to a story about a crazy little kid the poor little fella i think they dropped him on his head he wrote the dirt bike well so they took him out of school anyway so it goes on right and uh so I write that email back to them the next day and there and Travis emails me back, you know, you're a freaking genius. That's awesome. And then uh short story long, I'm in Salt Lake city visiting for work there and, and go see Greg Godfrey. And he goes, Hey, we want to go, want to go record that song up in a studio up in, uh, in park city, Utah. I'm like, Oh, that's cool, man. I want to see this song that I wrote. I want to see it get recorded for this DVD. So we're halfway up there and he tells me that I'm going to be the one singing the song. And uh, so, and I go, I go, no, 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 I can't sing. I'm horrible. I can't sing. And then, uh, so he goes, yeah, but we want it to sound hillbilly and hick. And then, so then I'm like, <laughs> so, so then I'm, I'm like, I'm like, thank you. Like, like, I think that's a compliment. So anyway, so I, we went in a recording studio and recorded that thing. So that's what's in that DVD. And then I wrote another one um, in that same song. Uh, and that same DVD, there's a song that I wrote and recorded there um, uh, with the, the rally car scene with, with, with Travis and Ken Block racing each other. Um, yeah. So instead of uh, eastbound and down, loaded up and trucking, you know, from from yeah, uh, from Smoking the Bandit. Yeah, yeah from Smoking the Bandit. Um, I wrote he's hammered down and some big old jumps. He's hucking. Right. And and just uh, <laughs> and wrote about uh Travis and Ken Block and their battle throughout the throughout that year through song. So I love I love writing that type of stuff. But I yeah. give I give you anything to sing. If I if I could sing, dude, you'd have to you'd have to uh, arrest me to get me off the karaoke stage. I love it. <laughs> no, I'm a dude. Like I, I love singing. You know, I, I I think I can hold a note a little bit, but I'm not. You know, it's not that. That's all. But that's all. Yeah. But I um. I, I, I'm always singing around home and that sort of thing, and yeah, lo definitely love a bit of karaoke. But yeah, I, that what that what you're saying about you know different words to the songs and that I um yeah I was um doing a bit of that at one stage for um uh -huh. just for for fun for uh, the Moto Limited show. I'm mates with with those boys. Okay, yeah, yeah. And I was sending in things like that about um writing. I'd change the words of a song to suit something that happened in the motocross scene. Yeah, that's you so know. fun being creative like that. And yeah. I like probably the best one, the, the funny, the funniest one, and the, and the one that people like the most was I. I wrote the story of um, Claimgate, you know, when the yeah at, at Loretta's. I wrote a claim to a twist to a twisted sister song, and no. uh, <laughs> that was that was pretty good. It's out there somewhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I haven't I, heard I, it. I, I can't remember how it goes, or I haven't heard it for ages. That the moment yeah, the boys yeah. haven't tucked away, but yeah. I was just I'll just do it yelling into my phone in the car or whatever. You know, just yeah, nothing professional about it. But yeah, good. Yeah, good fun. I I I think of things like that when I'm supposed to be thinking about my day job, you know. So yeah, I've got that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's it's funny, you know. It's and yeah, I love being uh, creative. You know what I mean? I, that's what I always enjoyed uh, as a kid. I enjoyed um, uh, drawing and and you know artwork type stuff and drawing stuff. And I'd always make things. I've got a uh, on the, the other side of my living room. I've got this little artwork thing that I made at, at my dad's tool and die machine shop. Like I picked up some uh, soda bottle caps, you know, like Coca bottle, Coke bottle caps and some spring and some little uh, miscellaneous pieces of metal. And I formed it into this 
what looks like a motorcycle, right? And then uh, yeah. and I was just doing that on a workbench there, putting all these pieces together, making it look like a motorcycle. And my dad thought it was cool, so he uh, he helped me, you know, make a frame for it. And we framed it and, and put it in an art show as a kid, and it won some little thing or whatever. But but uh, yeah, I love being creative and and making up uh, making up stuff, you know, uh, in, in any way being creative, I love it. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, uh, I do too. That's for sure. Um, yeah. One more, one more of the of, of my random questions. Okay. Um, so uh, you've got a you're doing a, a road trip. Okay. So anywhere, anywhere, you know. So you're leaving from Piedmont to go anywhere in the states. Yeah. Um, what three, what three people are you taking, and where are you heading to? Huh. That's a great one. Yeah, that's a great one. Um. Hmm. There's no rules to it it. It, yeah. it, it. it would certainly be to go ride motorcycles somewhere. Uh, and it would probably be a road trip with, uh, with my buddies, you know, it would, it would be probably my buddy Robbie and my buddy Harvey. And, and, uh, and, you know, we would, uh, we would head out West somewhere and maybe hang out and ride with Kiefer somewhere in the high des or something like that, ride some tracks in Southern California. Uh, to me, that would be, uh, that'd be fun. That'd be a, that'd be a blast for sure. Cool. And if you were driving something really cool, what would you be driving? Oh, I'm not, a, I'm not a car guy. I, I, I'm, I'm not a, like for me, for me, what it would, what it would be. And I'm, I'm in the process of, of building this out would be, uh, I have bought a, a Ford transit van that I'm kind of, you know, making a new uh, moto van and divider yeah. wall for the living quarters or, you know, the, the place in the front. So I drive that, uh, and, and I've got it fully decked out with my senior citizen branding and stuff. So yeah. I drive that pulling a enclosed trailer and we would have some mountain bikes and dirt bikes and, uh, We'd go, we'd go on the road for a couple months. Head for the high days. Yeah, That's yeah, it. head to the high days. Yep. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> awesome. Awesome, yeah. man. Um, so um, I've probably taken up uh, uh, nearly enough of your time. There's a couple of things we do um, okay. to, to close out the show. So one with uh, any, any guest who's not an Aussie, give me your best mm -hmm. Aussie accent. Oh, let me think uh, – I don't know if the accent was come off right, but I would I would say get amongst it. Get amongst it. <laughs> get amongst it. Right. That's a that's an Australian phrase, right? Get amongst it. Yeah, yeah. I'll get around it. I, I say get around it, but get amongst it. Okay. okay. There as well. Okay, yeah. 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 Get, yeah. Get, that get one in fair, fair dinkum. Fair dinkum. <clears throat> yeah, um, yeah. 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 I'll tell you, I'll tell you a, f a funny, a funny, a funny phrase I didn't know. Uh, or I didn't know was uh, what the, the word Randy means uh, there. Um, yeah. 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 I, I, I learned that in 1992 there. Some, some, some ladies shared that with me when I was there in 1992. So <laughs> that, that was a funny one. When I would tell them my, when I would, they would recognize a, a different accent. No, oh, no. Where are you from? Where are you from? And I tell them, you know, South, uh, United States, South Carolina, whatever. And, and what's your name? What's your name? I said, Randy. No, it's not. No, it's not. I'm like, yeah, that's, that's my name. Like I didn't know. Yeah. I didn't have any idea what it, what it meant, but, uh, <laughs> but they, they, some of them made it clear to me what it meant. So it was pretty good. Yeah, yeah. That wouldn't have done you any harm though. With, with no, the, didn't, no, with no the southern all, accent, no. the southern accent, and then you tell them that you're Randy. That, yeah, exactly. That, that right. would, yeah. Both, worked your, both worked in your favor with the Aussie girls. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was funny. It was funny for sure. Yeah. Cool, cool. All right. So to close out the show, um, yeah. it's interesting that you're talking about singing. Because um, so, do you know the uh, do you know the chorus to Kenny Rogers the Gambler? Yeah, 
All right. So little, just a little backstory. Very first episode I did, I went to a lot uh-huh. of trouble to organise that intro music. Okay. And I completely forgot to organise any sort of outro music. Okay. So being the uh, type of person I am, I just winged it and yeah. um, did did a bit of Kenny Rogers. And okay, then it just yeah. sort of stuck and it's been fun. And uh, so I just keep doing it. So I'll just yeah. slide into uh, the, uh, the just the verse before the uh, the chorus. And then yeah. if you want to jump in on that chorus and uh, and give it a bit of um, give it a bit of that, if you struggle okay. or you miss the words or anything, I'll jump in. And yeah, Sounds doesn't good. have to doesn't have to be good. It just has to be fun. Sounds good. I may sound like my choke is on, but uh, or too rich, but we'll sing it out. Yeah, that's all right, yeah. man. So I handed him my bottle, and he drank down my last swallow. Then he bummed a cigarette and asked me for a light. And the night got deathly quiet, and his face lost all expression. Said, if you're going to play the game, boy, you got to learn to play it right. Bring it in, Randy. You got to to know when to hold them, know when to fold them, know when to walk away, know when to run. Because you never count your blessings till you're sitting at the table. table. Uh, There'll be time enough for counting. When the deal is done, yes, that's it. Yeah, nice that's work. Yeah. Well, I love I it. it up a bit, but it's all right. Yeah, that's all right, man. Thank you very much. You did well. <laughs> that was nice. All right, thank you very much for joining us on the show, Randy, and thank yeah. you to anybody who has listened. Hey, thank Cheers. you very much, Steve, for having me on, and thanks everyone for for giving it a listen. Thank you. Cheers. <laughs>